and welcome back. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is back in session. What's going on, man? Not much. It's uh, interesting getting back into the school year, not just like the podcast, but actually the real school year and, and you'll get in the hang of being in classes again, running things up in the front of the room. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, how's Congratu- your year been going? Congratulations, dude, by the way. Thank this, you. This man is now a classroom teacher, guys. Yep. Up in front of some pre-calc, algebra two and discrete math classes. Uh, yeah. Pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, my class is going good, man. Thanks for asking. Shout out to all my students. Uh, if any of them are listening shout and out former my students. students. Yeah. yeah. yeah shout and out. any of mine, I know this it's a... a quite a few less i think i haven't really spread the word too much around the school yet but anyone who has definitely shout out cool. glad you're listening uh want to also shout out marcel stefan for our unbelievably dope intro that we now have on this episode and then the washi episode from last week and i just want to shout him out he's coming on the show really soon make sure to check that out he did a phenomenal job man like Oh, I, I'm honestly floored by it. I think Dope. I heard it the first time in like an Insta story or something like that. It was like, oh, here's the first the first sneak pe- like preview the sneak of the turn yeah, the teacher's uh, intro theme. It was awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's he's a really dope dude and uh, really, really, you know, solid music. And we can't wait to have him on the show. So that was going to be a fun one. And uh, yeah, we got a nice slew of guests coming for you guys. Uh, Boston area. A lot of rappers. Uh artists some bands we got some even music managers that are going to come on the scene Mm -hmm. talk about the business side of things so really a lot to look forward to over here and kind of revamping our uh, i I would i would consider this we were in the minors before yeah Yeah. we were in the minor leagues before i think and now i think this is like we're about to hit our triple a or major league potentially with finally kind of hitting the right stride yeah um yeah definitely a lot of interesting personalities that we're going to be able to bring around and get some really interesting stuff yeah and kind of like you know, reformatting kind of what we're doing here. So, um, but um, but either way, I'm really excited for this this chapter of our of our show. Absolutely, as it as it grows and continues. And thank you to the people that have been with us from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's a fun one. We love doing these. These are show and tells. Uh, today we have two actually because we saw two shows together this summer. Yep. Uh, in August, one was John Bellion. That was on August sixth, yep. and uh, had Lawrence opening up. And one of our, my favorites. One of, oh, yeah, we'll get to that one really soon. And then Marky e. Basie as well, uh, before John Bellion got on and did his thing. Can't wait to talk about that one. And then we got Beast Coast as well. Uh, they had their big tour. I think we're like, we said, what did they say? We were the second to last. I think so. And they've been touring for a long time. Didn't they say that it was, I can't remember off the top of my head how long it was, but it seemed like it was an incredibly long tour. Well, I think they, because when they dropped Escape from New York, that must have been, what was it? I think it was March. Is when Escape from New York dropped, or no, 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 maybe April. It was April. Yes, that would have been their. I think fifth, it was April. So that would have been, I think, their fifth month of touring or something like that in a row. So that's that's uh that's an impressive streak. I yeah. mean, I don't want to don't want to make it seem like I'm throwing shade at them, but I mean, like it's no Gary Clark, like what he was saying when that was like what oh, two, I like, a year oh my and a half God. or something yeah, like that. Whatever that was, straight shows, but still, that's that's half a year of going around and playing these big, like outdoor arena type shows. It's it's definitely got to take a toll. And we were the second to last, and. Either way, so those are like the two shows that we kind of had spread out through the summer, yeah. and it was pretty cool. They were both at the same um, location, and it was my first time being at that spot. Well, it was um, the it was well, it was the Rockland Pavilion. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Rockland you, Trust Pavilion at uh, the Seaport area in and Ma- Boston. And for anyone that is you know from Boston and listeners of our show, I mean, the Seaport has just kind of redone itself the last couple of years. But I think. 
You know, I, th- I think that pavilion, it was under a different name, if I'm not mistaken, beforehand. And uh, it was called Blue Hills before. Yeah, that's right. And that's I had right. never been been to it when it was called Blue Hills. But that's probably now my favorite. I saw Slightly Stupid there earlier in the uh, in the summer as well. With yeah, a couple I of think Pano said that he had seen, uh, like, actually, I think it was the same show, just at, like, a different year. Or something yeah, like it was that. the year before that, something like that. And that'd be, it was a great venue. It was right on the water. It's one of my favorites, I think, for oh, a summertime awesome. show. I mean, amphitheater style, like... No line to get in there. No line for drinks and concessions and all that stuff. It's it's really like mm-hmm. a great spot for a show. And especially even though the there summertime. are seats, it's almost like I mean you're gonna stand at a show anyways. I kind of like having the seat there because it separates people. Out. Sure. Like, yeah. like ob- obviously it's a little bit different of a atmosphere. Like you don't get all the like the crowd interaction environment quite as much. But I would, as much being the operative word because there's definitely some things we want to talk about about these two artists still working the crowd despite the seats well but I mean, it was kind of cool uh, to separate everyone out and have your own spot well the seats with beast coast that was lovely. we'll get to that one oh, so man. especially oh, when we get man. to that so anyway so beast Coast, that second half of this uh this podcast this today's show uh we got beast coast who comprise uh who's comprised of joey badass flatbush zombies kirk knight the underachievers and CJ Fly Nick Caution. So that's mm. that was a good one um, as well. But first, let's address. Oh, and then also we have song. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. We have song recommendations for you guys towards the end. Hell, so we've been holding out for a long we time. Some song Got a nice crew of tracks at the end, which will be available in a playlist on Spotify and Apple mm-hmm. Music for you guys. And we'll kind of just fire those off pretty briefly towards the end. Uh, yeah. Maybe say a, a couple of things about them, but nothing. Just to give you an idea of what, what genre it is, at least, so you're sure. not just going in completely blind. Yeah, so anyway, so let's start with the John Bellion show, which was where August 6th. Begin? Yeah, where to, well, we should start with Lawrence. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I've mentioned on the show before, Lawrence is kind of one of my, like, fanboy-type groups. I've seen them a bunch of times. Probably the pinnacle moment of, like, I don't know, their music for me. I got to see them uh, New Year's at uh, the Rockwood on one of, like, the side stages. I think it only had a capacity of, like, 200, 250. It literally felt it was just family and friends there and then me like it was it was the coolest thing ever it was such a like yeah, close I experience i could have like reached forward and played uh clyde's piano if i really wanted to it was awesome so i've been following these guys forever i loved it and when they got signed by john bellion i was like oh my god and then they were like hey we're going on a tour together like, oh my god that was like one of the first things i think i said to you i was like dude this group that's opening for them i love them you have to check them out and so anybody who's a fan of them, they played, obviously, their usual, like, deep cut songs. I think we came in right at uh, the beginning of Shot, and they played Do You Want to Do Nothing With Me, which is another, like, probably one of their biggest songs as of right now. Um, the one that we were really looking forward to, though, that was one of the ones I had you look up before we went, was their cover of Get Busy by Sean Paul. And I know what you're probably thinking right now if you're listening to this and you haven't seen or heard anything about Lawrence yet. It's like, how the hell is anybody going to cover Get Busy and have it sound even remotely good? You need to go on YouTube, look this up right now. It's so much fun. It's it's such a great track. And that's what I was kind of looking forward to the entire night, was seeing this performance live again. Like, I'd been waiting for, I think, like a year and a half since my last time seeing them, and it definitely delivered. Well, that was my first take too. Like what you're saying about people to that are gonna be like, "What the heck is this? Get busy!" A cover of that, like a band doing a cover of Sean Paul, unheard of. Unheard of, but it works really well in a weird way. Because they're so weird, I feel like that's part of it. No, absolutely. Like they're weird, and it was really cool for them to take a weird, like approach angle. Yeah. 
but it like I said, it just works. It's just like it's such funny a like I don't know funky R and B like upbeat vibe with all the trumpets. They actually had uh, the trumpet player from Dave Matthews Band play. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What's the lead singer's name? Um. So there's Do Gracie ever... and Clyde. They okay, are. Gracie. I should have. I should have mentioned this. No, yeah. Okay. They're they're brother and sister. Gracie being the younger sister. Clyde the older brother. And they their both... last name's Lawrence. Correct. Yeah. And, and their last the name point. is Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of like what ties this all together. And they used to share a lot of like the lead vocal responsibility, but especially since Gracie has kind of like came into this whole like performing and recording persona, I think that she's really got like a ton of confidence behind her and is blown up as a singer. She's always been great, but I feel like especially since they've started playing bigger and bigger shows and she's been taking more like risks with high notes and things, she's just gotten to a different level. And now they're kind of showing that respect where most of the songs they played it was just like her up front running around, like bouncing around the stage with so much energy, so much charisma and just like making everybody want to dance along with her. And the, the best part to me is like the lights are still on, like the it's all it's still bright out and they haven't turned the house lights off yet. And everyone's still streaming in. And still there was that couple in front of us who is just getting after it to these Lawrence songs. Like I, it was like no other. It was awesome like i love to see them get that reaction out of a crowd oh so dope i want to go back to your point real quick about gracie kind of taking sort of the charge i think mm-hmm. with the two of them was the other guy's name clyde yeah. correct right yep. so taking charge with the vocals i kind of liken her to the situation with like sally and mitch uh from the emotional oranges how i almost feel sally's in that same way sally has completely given them the life that they need and i think mitch is kind of the supportive mm-hmm. act of that I feel the exact same way with the two of them. I, I find Gracie to be a phenomenal singer and perf- like her performance was just incredible. Yeah. It's captivating. Like so you can't captivating. take your eyes off of it. It was, it's, she was so awesome. good. She was so good. And she gave such good charisma and energy to everything that she did. And I'm just so happy to see such a really up and coming band come into their own like that and really captivate a crowd. Mm-hmm. Whether you knew their stuff or not, they were interesting to watch. And I think that's what really going to separate them going forward is that they have this talent, clear talent, mm-hmm. that, and and a market for it. I think too that we're and a listening base that will take it on. And they're really good of, at presenting themselves too. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're just in every aspect they fit John Bellion's sort of like be- beautiful. beautiful mind message and movement so well. And I'm so perfect. glad it's perfect. And I'm so glad that they are a part of that now. Mm-hmm. And. And I, they gained a fan out of me, put it that way. Yeah, I, I feel and, like across this whole tour, they've been gaining a lot of fans because yeah. it's exactly the same thing every night. I mean, they come in and then they win a crowd over. It's the people who are there super early and they're definitely going to always say, man, that was that one show I got there early. I'm so glad I did because I saw Lawrence open for John Bellion. Yeah, when they you know maybe pack a house someday, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they're the headliner. So that's just exactly. really cool. Yeah, man, I, I really liked them a lot. I, I really, really did. Uh Really felt, like I said, like Gracie stole the show. Who else can you say has a horn section that has choreographed dance moves while they're up on stage, yeah, <laughs> stage no kidding, performing? Right? So good. Oh, it's great. Uh, was a little more underwhelmed with Marky Basie. I didn't mm. find him bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't find him super interesting. I know my, my brother, Mark, he really likes Marky Basie a lot. Um, I don't know if it's because of the name, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe a little biased. Maybe a little biased. I, when I listen to his music, I like it. My issue, though, 
I don't know if it fit that night. Does it play well? I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I almost feel like it does. However, I don't find him interesting enough and dynamic enough is maybe a better word for it. Okay. To that really, I think he sense. had the crowd, but I don't seem it. It was a dip. I'm not going to say it was a strong dip by any stretch of the imagination. However, I did feel that it was a little bit less yeah. underwhelming. The the G Easy cover was cool because that was one of his like the songs he's in that I know the best. Well, that's not uh, some the kind only of one I actually recognized. Yeah, because I've never really heard of Marky Basie before that night. I actually didn't even realize that he was opening, and then we got there and it had like three exactly. openers listed. Like, oh, okay. Well, this is cool. I'll get to find out who this guy is. Well, that's where I first heard him was on G Easy's album when it's dark out. I think it was like mm-hmm. 2016 or 17 when that album dropped, and he was like I said on that song, some kind of drug, and I was glad to see that he did that one. And the only other track I knew going into this had been Save Me. Which is a great song. I like that one too. And uh, he, there was a couple of moments. I really liked his energy on Devil Like You. And, and I thought that there were – he hit some nice key, like keys and, and some notes with his singing. However, I just didn't – again, I didn't find him super captivating. And I, I just – I don't know. I don't know. He was he was he was solid. I just didn't. I just I wasn't like wowed by him. Yeah. You know see, I mean? the other artists that were up there were they just had such a great variety and they're so versatile with what they do. Like Lawrence yeah, had one, one dimensional. Song. Yeah. Like yeah, Lawrence yeah, yeah. had the song "Make a Move" and they're talking about girls going and making the first move on guys and it's a little bit less like upbeat and then they have "Get Busy" like we just talked about. That's right. Like right up there and going crazy and then they have songs in between. Even stuff that they didn't play that really hits, like, the very calm things and the very, very, like, horns in your face and you just want to move. Same thing with John Bellion. It's, like, a lot of variety. Marky Basie kind of felt like it was just, like, I heard that song. I was like, hey, this is the one I recognize, I think. And then you're like, oh, no, this isn't the G-Eazy song. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. And then the next song comes on. I'm like, wait, is this the song I rec? No, this is one either. But I kept thinking it was because I felt like I was just kind of getting dished the same vibe. And I don't know. So I, I don't want to feel like I'm I feel like I'm really knocking on him right now when it was a good performance. Like, I kind of want to reiterate, like, he put on a good performance. It no, was a very, I, very yeah, enjoyable yeah. thing to watch. Just compared to the other two acts that night, I feel like that's why it's almost like a little bit of like revisionist history here. Like, it was a good set, but it got sandwiched between one of my favorite artists and one of the best live sets I've ever seen in my life. So that's <laughs> why I feel like it's like a it's a dip, but maybe just comparatively. That was a phenomenal segue into John Bellion, which I 100% agree. He was one of the best I've ever seen live, ever. And I didn't think I was going to come away from that thinking that because I did see him years ago when he had dropped The Human Condition. This was 2016. No, no, he hadn't dropped The Human Condition. I think it was the one before that. So it was, it was the definition. He had, like, fully, fully blown up. Correct. Okay, so this is what it was it was the definition, and he had dropped woke the fuck up mm-hmm. and that was it it was the single woke the fuck up and i think all time low had also dropped then as well because those okay. two songs came out a little bit before the, the album. album that's right that's so right. the human condition because that was 2016 so then i that's right so i saw him at at your favorite place paradise rock oh, club I love paradise and he put on a great show he did a really cool beatboxing segment mm-hmm. then oh, too, i would have loved to see him in paradise it, i feel i feel it'd be way different it was great it was great and i really enjoyed it uh and, and like I said, I was I was very floored by some of like the the charisma that he brought, and but this was a whole different thing. Like I went into it being like, okay, I like John Bellion as a performer. I hadn't like I said, hadn't seen him in probably about four years. I think it was so. It must have twenty fifteen sounds better or fourteen fifteen. So it was probably roughly about four or five years ago since I've seen him. And you know, two records later, or yeah, two 
projects later. Two records, millions of streams and, and he's, shows and, oh my God, and stuff later. Totally blown up since then, right? So in terms of that, I didn't go into this thinking, oh, it's going to be like this amazing thing. And it, it just was. I, he, he had every single person, man, boy, woman, and girl, ch- and child, like, anybody that was there. I mean, the age range was crazy too. I thought I like I saw girls that were and guys that were like in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I saw guys and gals that were like our age, right? Yep. And then even like some people getting like some older, like, there, yeah. like I feel like moms were there with, you know, sons and daughters and like all these crazy, like the, the, um, cause he is such, I don't want to say he's for every, actually, no, I should say that he is for everyone. I feel yeah, like, I he, feel like he doesn't yeah. exclude anybody in his like appeal. Like there's no, there's no group that's just like, ah, John Bellion. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I feel like there's no one that he, by, by anything that he says or does like excommunicates from his yeah. fan group. Like, like everybody the, is very included. Yeah, like the Beast Coast uh, sort of uh, audience was very different from the John Bellion audience yes. in, in terms of yeah. like what they brought, who the they brought, everything exactly who they brought to the show, and John Bellion just felt more diverse to me mm-hmm. naturally, I think, because his music's a little bit more accessible in that sense. But and he has kind of like a song for everybody too. Yes, exactly. And my God, so I'll tell you really quick. So and I, we talked about this. I looked at this I, I do this sometimes i look at set lists before we go from nights prior just to see you know what songs he might be playing and an i idea. felt his yes exactly get an idea and i felt his set list to be a bit short and i was i was a little concerned i was like, oh because he, he was only going to play 13 tracks with two granted with two you know encore tracks but that didn't seem like long to me yeah and so i was a little bit concerned about that but the band live band he had with him like they freestyled or just kept going and extending all these songs. Yep. And John Bellion was coming in, and I don't want to say he was freestyling it, but it almost felt like well, it was so jam band. So he said he did it. Like he yeah. was like, oh yeah, whenever I played these outdoor arenas, he said that that was like a goal of his. That every time he wanted to make a song up on the spot, so his band would start playing something, and then he would start doing something else. And then in the very well, that was the, well, they did that on I feel like on every track, but then they actually did that in the very middle. He was yeah, like, like for a full song, for a full song, they're like, all right, we got this like freestyle, like, and he just says, okay, play a note or whatever, or play a tune or like. What was he? I think he was singing a melody or something like that, or a tune, and then he, yeah, and then that's what he would had, happen. Oh, that's right. right? He would and sing it, and then his band was would, good enough each that they individual would play instrument it would play right it. away. So the guitar, you got exactly. So the that's guitarist right. would play the note, yep. and the guy on the sax would play the note, and then the drum would play the same note, like or whatever. And the, he was the even giving was them singing. like little phrases and stuff, and they're yeah. still nailing it perfectly. And then at the, at the end, they're all playing it at the same time. It comes together and or together into this crazy song that was made on the spot by him, just by like humming a little line to one person and then they pick it up right away. Yeah. It was so cool. But so I kind of want to set the stage of this like audience too. Like we said, these, these were all the seats and stuff. Mike and I were sitting in maybe like the back, maybe second to last row. There was not a single seat open in this nope. place. No, everything no. except for one, which was kind of crazy. So there was a kid who was sitting next to us. We can't remember his name anymore. Ah, uh, shout and out that dude. I like, can't remember he your was freaking so name. So cool. I wish I could remember his I name. I want to say Sam, but I don't think it was. Sam. I think it started with an S. I have no idea what it was. I though. feel horrible about not remembering his name. 
I mean, he probably doesn't remember ours either, so it's all, all water <laughs> under the bridge now. But he, so he was supposed to show up to this show with, like, a girl, I'm assuming he was talking to or something. We didn't really pry details there, but he was like, oh, yeah, she didn't end up coming, so I had two, like, seats open, uh, so I just ended up coming by myself. And we're just like, all right, well, dude, you're part of our party now. And, like, the rest of the time, basically treating this kid like we had known him, like, our whole lives. And it's like, all right, yep, we're all, like, we're all part of the same friend group. We're all in this together. And it was honestly, I feel like, such a cool little, like, metaphor for the show itself like the, the show brought all of us together but so that was the only open seat and i want to say one thing off of that too yep. is like every single time he did a song everyone felt like they were in unison did you feel that way too yep it was wild because he was direct it was, it was it was almost like uh i would almost liken it to like uh the director at the front of like an orchestra he was literally just up on stage yeah. and we were it was it almost felt like we were part of the show like that was one of the things it i think insane, i took man. away from this is that it wasn't like he was performing to us he was performing with, with us. us and especially during some songs in the encore that we can talk about i don't know if we want to talk about any like certain songs that he did yeah we can, i know we i want to talk around. about the encore because that was right. unbelievable right but it, even the rest of it, it all, everyone always felt like they were part of what was going on on stage even to that point even further do you remember and i've never heard an artist do this in my whole life and i've got i mean you and i go to a lot of shows right we i mean how many shows have we been to this year just alone a lot right and i mean shows we've yeah I, I and go then to we shows. have a bunch more already lined up and lined too. up and all that stuff um he took time. He made us basically thank everybody that worked at the pavilion. Yeah, like remember that's it was right. it oh was God, all the bartenders right. yeah. and all the cashiers and all like the security people and the ushers and all that stuff. He was like, take some time to show some love to the people that were actually like able to make this possible, this show possible, so that we can all have the best time possible. Yeah, and it, I mean he said it in a much more eloquent way than I'm saying it now, but it was so amazing to me. That he, I've never, I guess I've never heard an artist do that. And it just, again, it shows the togetherness, the attention to detail. Some authenticity to Authenticity. Like, if you yeah. actually bring yourself from the ground up, of course you know what these people are going through. You probably worked that job before. That's probably how you like got into the music industry. You were one of those people lugging something out there and setting it all up and everything. So you know what they're doing. The humbleness, I think, is the big thing. And you're like, you're exactly like you're saying. And I've never talked to John Bellion personally, right? Uh, neither of us have. I mean, to that audience, it basically felt like we all did by the right. end of the night. But oh, I agree. sorry, to continue. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like even when you listen not only to his music, but you hear him talk and you hear any of his interviews, he just seems like a genuine, humble guy. Like, you know, there's certain artists that they come off kind of shady or cocky, or, or like a, just a persona. Like, or they come like, out, hey, right. I wonder what you actually act like. Yeah, he to me sounds so just completely genuine, yeah. and I can, I can't appreciate that more. And I agree with you that it's just the feeling that we had at the end of that show. It was, it was, it was something different. It, it was not your your normal like, okay, that was dope. Like this was literally an experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, here we are a month later talking about it, and I remember it so vividly. It's funny. I think I remember more about this show. Than Beast Coast. Than Beast Coast. Yeah, I do too. Because I do too. it was so memorable to me. It was on a whole different level. A whole different level. Every I track the people I mean, behind we could go, us every time being yeah. like, when's he going to play Good Things oh, Fall that, Apart? Well we, well, we talked about that on our singles recap <laughs> yep. for uh, second quarter. That was back in like June, I think. Check that episode out. That was a good one. Uh, oh, third quarter singles coming up, com coming up soon. Mm -hmm. A few weeks. Stay tuned, people. Possibly a month. We'll see. Depending on when this drops. But anyway. Uh, yeah, because, oh, my God, we're coming up towards the new year. That's Already. crazy. It's wild. Anyway, um, the girls behind us. 
that were with that group of and they were kept saying over and over again we talked about this already before but for anyone that hadn't yeah. heard it they were like oh we want good things fall apart when's he gonna play good things fall apart and so mike me being have already seen the tra- set list or whatever i'm like oh he's gonna play it like don't worry yep. don't worry he's gonna, he's gonna do gonna it in the encore it's gonna be later on just gotta wait and then when when the encore came and he pulled everybody he's like what should i play and like everybody was screaming when you know good, good things, things fall, fall apart. apart and so were the girls behind us and then he was like how about woke the fuck up and then the girls <laughs> like no and i'm like yo it's not over yet like like just chill yeah, he's gonna just do it. wait for it and then he did it they went nuts place went nuts but the encore i want to talk about quickly mm-hmm. have you ever seen a crowd full of people like that bang on the seats in front no. of them no. to get him out I it was it felt like one it felt like a queen that queen movie Dude, right the yeah. bohemian rap city where every like, it literally people were literally slant everybody every single not person a single would, person and, and, and no one I, was I wish clapping. this was an exaggeration yep Everybody was banging on the seat in front of them on court, on court, banging their seats. It was unreal. It was so loud. It was unreal. It, it, it was, you could feel it. You could literally feel the ground like rumbling from all these people giving a drum roll on the seat in front of them. Not a single person was clapping or anything. Their hands were on those seats. It was nuts. It was ridiculous. And I man. feel like at, at uh, Beast Coast, I like tried to like start banging on the seat at one point to like see if anyone around me would start doing it too. And no one was about it. And I feel like it's not even like that was a bad show because Beast Coast was awesome. But like John Bellion, it was crazy. Everyone was in sync and just needed that to be as loud and clear as possible. Yeah. And start banging on that seat. It was like crazy. It oh, was unbelievable, crazy. man. Were there any tracks that you really liked that he did? I mean, he basically did most of the new album. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Glory Sound Prep, excuse me, or last year's album. You know, he did all time low. He did overwhelming. That was mm-hmm. a good. That's one actually one of my favorite ones off the human condition. Wasn't that what so you and um? I forget there was a song that you and uh who were going to be calling Sam. There was a song you guys were talking about that was off of one of the older ones that I think he did as well. I can't remember what track it was because I I can't say I'm well versed in John Bellion songs uh, before Human Condition. Gosh, I can't but, remember which song that was now. But I know I know he did throw. A few maybe deep maybe it was in. overwhelming. It might have been. It might I, have been. I, I feel like it that might sounds have been. right to me. I mean, that's really the only old one he did, because he did all basically, like I said, a lot of the popular ones off of Glory Sound Prep, mm-hmm. and then he did Guillotine. But I mean, that wasn't. I didn't feel like that because I don't love Guillotine. I like it. I don't love it. Uh, that was cool though when he got Travis Mendez to come out and like belt that part out. Yeah, that, that was, was actually sick. really cool. That was really cool. Um, dude, like just John Bellion. If you if he go tours again, anybody out there. You need to go see this guy. Mm-hmm. and well, At the biggest venue possible, which is the weirdest thing for me to say. Because normally I would say find the smallest venue and get like a super close the, one. It's the opposite. You got you to gotta find him somewhere huge. And the dude, the only song I even like would want to ever... The, the, the peak of this show was Good Things Fall Apart for me. Like he, he even said to everybody in the audience, he said, uh, what did he say? Like, I want them to be able to hear you singing all the way up in like Maine or something like that. He like say just, yeah. it was, and honestly, they probably could. They probably could. I think every single person in that entire audience was screaming those, that chorus mm-hmm. out. It was, it was crazy. It was yep. on a, it was on a different level. Yeah, it was. And for me, man, spiritual I, experience. Spir- you know what? That was a perfect way to put it. It was a spiritual experience. It really was. And, Oh, and then he had that last last thing I want to point out. We're not really allowed to talk about it because we went, and we definitely can't talk about it because we're not supposed to announce this for him. But he has like something cool, something cool coming that he only told people that went to the show. So again, like 
if you're a John Bellion fan, just like be on the lookout for something coming. I think it's he said it was this year. I wasn't. I believe sure, so. Though. I believe I want to say it was this year, or maybe it's the announcements coming this year. I don't know. But just any John Bellion fans, just be on the lookout for something really cool. Coming. It's a very very cool creative like thing. Yeah. venture, and that's it's, all we can awesome. really say about that. But yeah. anyway, uh, really just looking forward to seeing what John Bellion does next. And if you are a fan of his, or if you're not, and you just like music. You need to go to this show. Get to these shows. Get to these shows when he tours again because his positivity and his and his energy is just infectious and you will walk away from it feeling different. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not even to be corny or cliche. It's literally just the truth. And yep. I can speak to that just real thoughts. And so thank you, John Bellion, if you're listening. You're not. But if you ever do... <laughs> As, you know, then how can I not drop that one on this one? We, yeah, we, have, we have to. <laughs> you know, maybe someday. Maybe but someday. anyway, you know, now that we're starting to take over the not take over the Boston music scene, but you know, we're we're becoming a voice in the Boston music scene now with all these new collaborations. So hey, maybe someday we'll sit down with John Belly, and that'd be really cool. That would be a very very cool uh, outcome. Yeah, but until then, we'll keep talking about his music and going to his shows. Heck yeah. Uh, so it's hard to talk about Beast Coast after that, and and that and that's not a knock. It really isn't. I just because Beast Coast was also wild. It like, was great. Like it was great for its own way. One of the better shows that I've ever been to. Like not the best show, like John Bellion, but still up in like the better section of shows I've been to. I would agree. However, I didn't think the fact that it didn't sell out was a little bothersome to me. And then yeah. Joey Badass kind of like, I don't know. It felt you could feel, and this is just the difference for me is you could feel the genuine sort of humbleness of John Bellion with a with a packed with a house with a packed house right and his his awareness basically mm-hmm. Joey Badass at one point was like oh like thanks for like coming out here like you guys always sell us out every time we're here and it's like in places looking in the back it's like okay there's seats still available like, like you a lot of, of you like didn't big sell out back, yeah. i mean the the crowd was dope right but you didn't sell out so you can almost tell so, it's like a, it's one of those things like, oh, this is the best show of the tour. Right. Like, when, like when you know, like, all right, you've said that. To literally, probably that, like every. Else, yeah. Exactly. So right off the bat, like things like that, I think stand out to me. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I got really annoyed when, because this happened very early on. They wanted everybody the, the to seats. stand. They were pissed about the seats, right? And I understand that. But don't play at the pavilion then. Don't book yourself for the pavilion if you don't want that kind of. Yeah. because Danny and I shout out Danny who was actually at the show with us mm-hmm. uh, Danny and I saw Flatbush at House of Blues last I want to say April when they had dropped that last album that they had and it was really great like their well, show you could was, probably actually move and feel the energy and everything their show annoying. was fantastic and this man did not fit the bill for me like and so then early on when they were pissed about the, the seats. They're like, okay, everyone stand up on your seats. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But so then everybody all, got up on the seats, but then, but no, then no one got back down. Nobody got back down after that set. So everyone's standing on the seats and it was very, those, they weren't the type of seats you like, you should be standing like, on like to paint the picture. These are like the folding seats. These are like the ones that you would find in like a uh, college or like high school auditorium that like they, or like old school movie theater. There we go. Old school movie theater where they like fold upwards at the end on like a spring. So there's only that one hinge right there that's actually like load bearing. So if you're standing on the front of these things, you can like chip the entire front part off. Like it was, this was just like a hat. I'm honestly shocked that I we didn't see anybody around. Well, us people eating. were falling, dude. Like yeah, they were holding each other up. And then it, like it was one of those seats. If like if you 
you had to lean forward standing on it because if you leaned back, the you spring, were, will the spring would back, pop out yeah. and you're going to fall. So it was like a little dangerous. So it was yeah. kind of like, okay. So I feel like up there, I like couldn't really enjoy it because I couldn't really vibe with the music because I wanted I to couldn't like, move at all. You couldn't move. But then if you got down, you couldn't see anything. Everyone's because everyone's standing, standing up in front, front of you. So it was just... Well, and actually, then, wait, we forgot to mention why this is even a problem. This is kind of crazy. So me, uh, Mike, and actually, so my buddy uh, Pano came with us too. I forgot oh, to mention right. that. that's right. Pano was there too. What the hell? Yep. Shout out Pano. And sorry, Pano. I know that we wanted to get you in to record this one, but we'll get you on to the next show that we all go all together because yes. we need to get tickets to JID, YBN, and Logic and go oh, to that wow, show. that's right. Or not, not JID, YBN, and then... Possibly we'll, leave. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see no, how it, that goes from there. Isn't that like a Mohegan? We'll just we'll just go and go and just. Yeah, no, think, it's no. At, what's the one at Mohegan? There's there's, there's one, one Mohegan. I think there's one that's at Mohegan that, that Pano kept talking about. But either way, so that the, one's at UMass Lowell. The one that the, the mm, song is. You're right. You're right. Um, but so the four of us walk in, and our seats were in like the like middle ish area, pretty far towards like the back. So we go in, we sit down. There's nobody around us yet because we got there like before the show started. And oh, this there's these like, two random like staff people who walk up and we're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, you guys want better seats? We're like, uh, yeah. Uh, how, we, how do we do that? And it's like, yeah, we're just upgrading people's seats for free. Uh, let, let's just see your, let's just see like the tickets. So we show them the tickets. Like, all right, yeah, follow us. They walk us, no joke, up to like the second section from the front of this stage. Like we were, how I don't even know how far. If I had to ballpark that distance, it was not very far though. 25 yards? Like it was Maybe up less, there. twenty it was yards up there. Like it was close. Any any closer, and you were getting yards. down into I think like the double, no, the double letters, yeah. like where it goes into like the I I or whatever. Like we were like the next section back from that. It was nuts. We got all the way up there, and that was really the only reason that those seats ended up being an issue. Be like standing on the seats because we got up into the actual crowded areas. So everybody got up on their seats, and then after a while, we're just like. This I don't, is we, dumb. Like, we don't want to stand like, on this stand anymore. On the anymore. So we went back to our old seats. <laughs> so we're all the way because in the it back. was so much better to see from there. Yeah. And and they almost and then they had everybody uh, like file into the aisles, right? Yeah, they almost got the whole show closed down. Closed down because the fire marshal wanted to stop them, and yeah. it was this whole thing. They were just like, and, "Oh, I see some open areas right here and right here," and point like, to the aisles, like the main aisles on the side. So everybody, of course, just comes sprinting out and comes running down. They did uh, one song with that, and I will say that was actually pretty sick. Like that one song when everybody was in the aisles, just like jumping up and down and going crazy. It almost was like, "Do you remember what song that was?" I, I don't, don't remember, but that was literally like the picture of the show that could have been. Like if those seats weren't. <laughs> there that is exactly what i would picture that show to be like everybody just jumping up and down and going crazy so it is a bummer that nobody could move around it's even bigger of a bummer that their response to that was to have us stand on our seats yeah so there was definitely some drawbacks to this and then i also feel it was a tad long because there's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys. Like the other, the long. other show was only three artists, and this one, like, not everybody got a solo set. But I mean, how many songs? Well, is that? Underachievers did, and that was pretty good. I liked the yeah. Underachievers set, and then before that was there Kirk was... Knight, and then Nick Caution got his own set. And then wasn't there like a DJ or something that went before them as well? I don't even. I don't think we were even there. I remember for that? Time. I think we were still in like the Uber or something. Like Uber, yeah, but uh, then it was basically just Flatbush and. Uh, Joey Badass doing some solo things, songs, and the, of their own stuff, and then Beast Coast together did a few things. So like they came out to Left Hand, which was freaking mm-hmm. awesome, 
And then I think they stayed out for problems. And Rubber Band was the first one where they like, so they did this really, I will say this, this was the cool part about this, the acrobatic stuff they were doing. Oh, that took me by surprise, dude. That Look it up crazy. on YouTube, anybody. I'm sure, or actually look it up on our Instagram page at Turntable Teachers. Find that post where there's uh, pictures, uh, videos of them. If you look it up, they on have YouTube, like a whatever. whole wire system that they're hooked up to, and they literally just do like acrobatic, like flips in the air while rapping and singing, which mm-hmm. is not does not seem that sounds difficult. Oh, it's it's very so. difficult. You have to have very good breath control to do that. Like I feel like anyone's jerk reaction to flipping upside down is going to be to exhale, kind of. Uh, kind of aggressively like even holding any kind of consistent exhale during that is is really tough so that that i will say was really cool and that's why this does still rank in like one of the better shows that i've been to and like i mean if i really sat down and started picking out like what ones it's better than um i feel like it might drop a spot or two but it still is up there in my like list of favorite shows because of this like that showmanship right there is so cool that's such a unique thing that i've never seen before they're yeah, just like I floating up in the air and everything it was it was really cool to look at yes and there were some really cool moments flatbush actually performed two of their new songs which i thought was really cool reason and afterlife so those yep. were dope I liked that a lot. I always really love going to shows for that reason too. Getting if to hear they, like little it sneak previews of live stuff. Like I know we got to hear a couple uh, Earth Gang songs before Maryland came you out. Got it. Yep. And I liked. I remember. I think I liking Reason better than Afterlife. I guess we'll see what happens when uh, when the actual songs come out, like the actual MP3s or whatever. Uh, anyway, so I liked that aspect of it. Joey Badass had some good moments. I really liked uh, For My People. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really good one and he did that one like you know flipping and in the air it was cool to see uh, all that crazy shit because he he performed paper trails too didn't he He because that was that was like the first joey badass song that like really got me into him i feel like so i was kind of a late bloomer on uh on joey so that was kind of the song that i heard first i was like "Ooh, this guy is pretty good and that's like what got me into him and eventually down to flatbush and beast coast so that was definitely cool for me to get to finally hear that one live and Beast Coast, I mean, excuse me, uh, Flatbush also did uh, 222, mm-hmm. or Eric Arc Elliott, because he's really the only one that does that song. And that's off of one of their really old mixtapes. Um, and I loved that that one. That was a really big, big one for me. One thing I will say that came out of this show, though, um, Pano started listening to a lot more Flatbush, which means I started listening to a lot more Flatbush, because I'm usually hanging out over there at the week, over the weekends. And I feel like I didn't really give them as much credit as they probably deserved on like some of their older projects because there's been a lot of songs that he's been putting on by them that just kind of blow me away. Um, and I don't know, just listening listening to their all like unique styles and voices and everything while they're rapping, it all complements really well. So now I definitely, I almost wish that I had gotten uh, like I don't know, better foundation with all of their songs and stuff before I ended up going and seeing them live so I could appreciate it more. Well, 222's off, uh, Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorite mixtapes that they dropped. There's some amazing tracks on that one. And then their older, even older mixtape than that is called Drugs. And that mm-hmm. actually had a song called, my first ever reaction to them or uh, moment with, with Flatbush was my freshman year in college. Uh, my friend, I was in a friend of mine's uh, dorm room and he played Thug Waffle. Huh. And for anybody that has never heard Flatbush, I would start with Thug Waffle because it's dope as shit. Nice. It's like that was like a really fun, fun track. I think so my like, first Flatbush one was Odyssey, like a long. Oh, time so that's ago. like the two. So that's actually their first studio album. Then yeah, is when. So I got we. So Danny and I got went into them on like the mixtapes for sure. Like Danny and I used to bump Better Off Dead all the time when we were together. Like when we were hanging out in college, mm-hmm. uh, 
we used to bump that shit constantly. So this was a good show. I agree with you. And I, I, I hate to make it so negative from the start. There's just like some drawbacks that I thought were just, I mean, they're pretty funny Natalie. When you look back at it, it's, yeah. it's I don't, like, I don't, I'm not mad about it. Like, it's pretty it's, hilarious. It's, honestly, it's interesting stories. Like it I is. feel like, yeah. I feel like we're John Belly and we got a crazy like experience because of the music and everything else, like the showmanship. I feel like with beast coast, there was a bunch of other things that just gave us really funny stories. Like how about the, uh, the workers who were climbing that ladder to get up to like the catwalk that was hanging up above and there was a guy. Oh, John Bellion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was a John Bellion. That Bellian. was that John Bellion. I thought yeah. that was at uh, Beast Coast. No, That's right. That was a John, John Bellion. So, yeah, we forgot to mention this. There was these guys climbing this ladder to go up and do, like, just sit on the catwalk. And everybody's cheering for him as he's getting to the top. Finally gets up, like, goes over. Everybody goes nuts. Like, turns around, gives us a fist pump. And then, of course, his fucking co-worker has to come out and show him up. This dude flies up this ladder. Like, I, I almost thought it was like those... Uh, the uh, game shows where it's like they do like the speed ladder climbing. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I know what you're talking about. But dude, it that's how it looked. This dude hops on here and is like right up this right ladder. Up Everybody top. we almost didn't even have time to clap for him. It's like, oh okay, he's already up there. <laughs> it was that was so that was pretty funny. I guess that was I, I'm mixing that those shows up. But no, Beast Coast definitely gave me a lot of good memories. It's almost more funny things to look back on now that in the moment it's like, bro, I don't want to stand on this seat anymore. <laughs> oh my god, that was painful. I actually yeah. hurt my feet. But at least, like, at, at least like after bitch, that, hurt like, once feet. we once we moved back to our other spot, that was I feel like my like favorite part of the show when yeah. we were just like chilling. We were we could at that point we were far enough back we could just sit down if we wanted to, and you could still see over the tops of everybody. So at that point we're just like sitting, chilling, sipping our drinks, and had open space all around us so nobody was bothering us so that was actually pretty dope well that yeah at that point i think it was like that was when 222 came out christ conscience for joey mm. for my people joey and then he did like temptation he kind of went through like his his back end of his set and then towards the end it got to like oh and then they oh, of course they did palm, uh the flatbush zombies did palm trees off mm-hmm. of better off dead which one of my favorite tracks of all like of all time from them and then they ended with coast clear which is really cool too so i mean like they Gave again a good show, solid, fun. Uh, just like John Bellion better, yeah. Just felt better about it. I don't know if I'll ever have a show top the John Bellion show. I it's it's gonna be tough, and I say that with a heavy heart because, like, my Ripe and my Lawrence shows, like the previous number one and number two. Like, I mean, I guess technically this is still Lawrence taking number one, so I, I'm not even gonna be feel feel bad about that. Nah. They're they're an opener, so you know what? Yeah, John Bellion number one, and then Lawrence and Ripe can be my number yeah. twos and threes. But I don't know if anything's gonna overtake this show. It's gonna take a lot to to have me say that that show was better than John Bellion. Yeah, it's hard to think of one that I liked better than that. Uh, maybe Jack White. I can see him putting on an absolutely un, like unbelievable from Boston set. Calling last year. Mm-hmm. May, I, Eminem. Eminem, I think, is the only other person that I would say that I actually liked that show. But, uh, it's close, though. And like, then think about that company, too. Like, it's close. One of the greatest rappers of all time. And now we're talking about him putting on like an equal performance with John Bellion. And or also, just, sorry, John Bellion putting on an equal performance with him. With like, them. And then also talking about one of the potential best rock artists of all time, yeah, and Jack and, White. And even if you don't end up liking Jack White's stuff, like at least as a songwriter, like one of the most prolific songwriters and Agreed. most respected songwriters in, in his genres. So it's it's very good company to be lumped in with them. Those actually, I think, are the top three like shows or sets that I've ever seen. Those three that I can think of off the top of my head right now. The only one that comes to mind is Denzel Curry. But I think he's just a tick below. Yeah, see, after after my Ripe and Lawrence ones, I'd have to probably throw in Protest the Hero. That was nuts. Huh. I was, it's like a 
kind of like a heavy prog type uh, type group, and they're playing at the downstairs at the Middle East, which is just a, a, like bananas oh, venue. I'm forgetting Brockhampton too. Mm. Brockhampton at the Middle East was insane. But Dude, maybe not. But it, but it so wasn't. Fun. But it wasn't John Bellion, to be honest with you, or Eminem, or Jack White. So mm-hmm. those, I think those are my top three. But anyway. But speaking of top numbers of things, we have top five. So <laughs> what, is, what, what a what a weird. Not a weird, but that was not exactly the smoothest transition. But like, it was a transition. It was a transition. <laughs> if you want to call it a transition, I will. I will. We're gonna do some song recommendations for you guys to close out today's show. Uh, you want to want to go back and forth. Uh, yeah, might as well. So my first one is one that uh, Pano actually had suggested to me a long time ago, and my dumb ass forgot. And then my friend Alyssa, shout out Alyssa, reminded me of it like very, very frequently, or not frequently, but recently. It's imported by Black with Jesse Reyes. I don't know if I'm saying that. I think it's Reyes. Reyes. Oh, boy. I'm she was on. these just like my student names. <laughs> she was. I'm actually great with student names, by the way. Oh, so bad. I, I've, I'm been, great. I've butchered some this year. I learned, I, well, of course, that goes without saying, but I, I usually, I like to learn them like the second or third week, and I got them down. Nice. So it's good. I'm, not, I'm not hum, weird, like humble, or weird flex, or humble no, that's, brag, that's a, whatever that's you want to call that. That's a respect, like, you can brag about that, because I am still working on that. Yeah, but you're new. I'm so working We're new that. to that, you know what I mean, like, to the classroom setting, that's so it's different, true. you know. But anyway. But yeah, anyways, imported with Black, aka Six Lack, which he also says in this first line of the song which i thought is hilarious because for so long i feel like all i've ever heard people call him is six lack and he even admits in the beginning of the song he's like yeah sometimes people call me that but he doesn't care but anyways yeah that song's great very chill very vibey i'm a big fan of this one um kind of like a nighttime driving song for me which i put a lot of songs in that category but i'm just a really big fan of this track uh for me i'm gonna go with so this one fits well because john bellion co-wrote it Mm mm-hmm uh, Shameless Camila Cabello, which just dropped a couple of weeks ago. I am, or maybe two weeks ago it was, at the time of recording this. I am infatuated with this song. It is catchy. It's just a fun pop tune, and she's got such great vocal inflections in that chorus, man. Jam. Really in, into it. What was uh, what was her uh, hit song from before this? Is she... She's um, with that, that, that track. Was that Havana? No. Um, no, yeah, Havana. It was, yeah, Havana. With the Young okay. Thug. And then the big one right now is the one she's got with Shawn Mendes. That's right. That's right. That's all so over the now, radio. I mean, this is going to be another mega hit because this song hit. is great. She dropped two tracks the same day. This one and another one. I can't remember the name of it. This one was the me. standout. This was the standout of the two. And also because John Bellion... Co-wrote it, and then he actually produced the other one as well. Yeah, I was a head production. Yeah, he credits. had hands in both of these tracks, has, exactly. which is awesome to see. I love it. I love it, and, and I love it, and it's a great track. So maybe we'll fully review it on our singles, third quarter singles. We'll see what makes the cut, what doesn't. For like the, you know, the 20, 25 tracks, we'll pick for that. Usually, yeah. I think we do twenty. But uh, anyway, if we don't talk about it another time, I just wanted to get out there, and it's you know, great song. It, it could be a list potential for me, so mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. So shameless, Camila Cabello. So my next one is a song called Wasted Time. The group is High Low Jack. And this actually kind of ties in well. So you just had John Bellion, uh, like related song. So this is basically Lawrence plus a rapper, uh, Dap the Contract. Every once in a while, Clyde will kind of hop out and uh, I think it's more Gracie. And then there's a group Stolen Jars. It's kind of like a mix match of all these people who I'm pretty sure were just friends before they all kind of made their own names in the music industry. Um, obviously Lawrence being like the forerunners right now. So uh, expect everything you'd expect out of Lawrence songs. It's just super smooth. Lots of It's almost like um, like Chance the Rapper during the Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment. Oh, yeah. You, sh- so yeah, you show me that. It's, it's much more up that alley. 
and the rapping is still that same vibe. It fits it really well. It's upbeat. It's almost summery. So it's if you want to get those last few little bits of summer in, like as the weather starts cooling down, at least keep the music the same. Wasted time, high low jack, really fun song. Cool. I'll transition from there. I want to shout out Danny for putting me on to Tosh Sultana. Oh, so good. And this song is with Matt Crosby. It's called Talk It Out. Oof. It is now Shameless is a borderline, I'd say at this point, lister potential for the end of the year. This is going to be there. Spoiler alert. I don't care. It's going to be in the top 10. I can't see it being. It's so freaking good. It's smooth. It's jazzy. They have such good chemistry, the two of them together on this track. The the vocals, I think, are the huge highlight for me. I really, really love this cut. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is. I've been playing it nonstop. Guys, give it a shot. Even if you don't like smooth jazz, kind of, uh, you know, that sort of auto-tune uh, or atmospheric sort of uh, like, vocal inflections. Yeah, I, I would say that it's very spacey sound. Very like spacey. atmospheric was perfect. You got it. Atmospheric. Uh, phenomenal track. Phenomenal track. And if you like it, check out the rest of um, Sultana's stuff. Because she's, she's really she, good. It, it's crazy. She's, she's great. really good. But so my next one is, I never thought I would be saying this. This is so weird. It's a Wale track, which is like, this again, the strangest thing. I almost feel like I'm living in Bizarro world right now, but or, it's a Wale or track. Or 2010. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. We're hopping back in time. The song is BGM, and I think he has a new album coming up, and Pano showed me this one uh, again, so shout out Pano. And if this album, I'm assuming this is leading up to an album, sounds anything like this song, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like chart-topping hit after chart-topping hit. Because BGM is just such like a dance, upbeat, groovy type song with like, I I feel like all of the things that I would imagine out of a Wale song, but it doesn't sound like it's dated in the time period that I would have expected Wale sound to be kind of stuck in. I don't know. It's just a feel-good, upbeat jam I've been listening to this in my car rides to school like almost every single morning. Gets, so, gets you ready to teach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, 6 yo, o'clock the, in the morning, <laughs> just throw on some BGM. It's a smooth track. I was surprised when you played it uh, mm-hmm. earlier today. And that reminds me, have you seen the meme of it's like me bumping my gangsta beats or like my whatever? I don't even know what it is. It's like, uh, you know, or my hype music to like mm-hmm. go to like my nine to five or some shit <laughs> that's like what that reminded me of just oh, now it, it's <laughs> absolutely that it's absolutely dude the uh not last year but the year before it was always uh jackson five i want you back so it's just like here comes a, like a math there teacher driving down the road to some old school motown jackson five anyways yeah sorry bgm wale definitely check this out it's a really good song dope uh next one i want to shout out is bank robber by collaborate and i love this dude man he Sounds very Dreamville-esque, like he could mm-hmm. be on that label. I think even J. Cole has like shouted him out, or maybe they've, or he's talked, he has a song about J. Cole, or like how much influence he's had on him. He just dropped a new project, uh, and towards the end of the summer, I'm actually might review, do like a quick little night school solo review on it, because I don't think we're going to get to a ton of more albums based on all the other content. Like, sorry, guys. Well, I'm sorry. I don't think everyone has listened to the album ones as much. So our yeah. content's going to kind of be different going forward a bit. So less album reviews and more. We might do some, like I said, if a huge album comes out, we probably will do it. And if we are going to review albums, if we kind of like sprinkle them in, it might be like talk about it quickly and then exactly. go into something else. It's not going to be a full dedicated like hour and a half or whatever for like, for like 10 f- albums. Or yeah. Whatever. Or we'll just do a quick solo ones instead and pop those out. So mm-hmm. like anyway, so I might do that one on his new album. Uh, but anyway, this is one of his older tracks called Bank Robber. It's one of my favorite tracks from him at all. Uh, just go check it out. 
it's a really really cool if you like uh if you like rap and sample based rap give it a shout go for it so next is actually a song that we were listening to about like an hour or two ago before we started recording this um someone i've mentioned i think before on the show or at least i hope i have but if not now he gets his final or finally gets his chance in the limelight hobo johnson with a new track, he actually just had this album come out maybe a few days before we're recording this. The song I'm going to suggest off it is I Want a Dog. I have listened to the album a couple times through. I will admit that I usually just put it on the top and let it play so I don't have the track name super well defined. But this one definitely stuck out to me. And anyone who hasn't heard these guys before, I you need to have a like briefing before going into it that this is basically like slam poetry, like beautiful slam poetry written and then performed over like very bare bones, drum, guitar, keys type instrumentals and, and bass. And it works so well. Yeah. Well, the reason is why this came up and shout out Carissa. She's she's mm-hmm. definitely a keeper. And, and you've now. Approved oh, won me her. over that, that won me over. If won. you like Hobo Johnson, then you get the play. You get the like plus for me. Well, because yeah. so Carissa sent me when we were, you know, talking and, and shooting, you know, shooting the shit before we recorded this uh, Hobo Johnson track. And she's like, oh, you know, you might like this, right? This is like your, you know, and, and then creep I am. I look over at Mike's phone. I'm like, hey, is that Hobo Johnson? Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, now and then you like started going off. So now I have to hear this, and it is like so up my alley. I can't believe I haven't heard it before. I mm-hmm. cannot wait to del- dive into this album and, and listen to it. Yeah, you like, have I a lot. You have so a lot to go into now. Like, well, they, then we watched his Tiny great. Desk, which was unbelievable. Yep, and I love. Oh, he's so weird, but so fun. Like mm-hmm. so quirky and so just pure. Yep, I think it fits the, the authenticity theme that's kind of been going on here. He's yeah. amazing. I mean, he literally was stopping like mid-song and telling stories, like true stories about his own life, very deep things too. Like in the middle of these songs, in a tiny desk in front of a group of people, he doesn't. He know. is he is amazing. So really, really happy that I got a brand new artist and slam poetry. Me being an English teacher, this just fits the bill perfectly mm-hmm. for me. Like, I don't know, man. If I like this thing, it could be a lister. I, yeah. Based off what I heard, that one song I heard, not you didn't even play me. I want a dog. You played me the no. other one. I, I played. I heard she played me the other one. Yeah, she she sent you. Um, she sent me, I forget what song it was, but so, uh, she sent you one of the other ones off the album. And so, we listened to that, yeah. and then we went immediately into Move the, Her Away, or that was the one. Yep, she sent Move me. Her Away, so and then we went right out, into yeah. the Tiny Desk from there. Exactly. Shout out Carissa. Good job, girl. And shout out Hobo Johnson. <laughs> well, she, yeah, like I said, her knowing my taste, it's good. Oh yeah. Uh, my next track, I want to shout out. Uh, my great friends Zoe and Ryan on their wedding. Don't worry, this like ties in. I promise. Okay. Uh, they got married about a month I ago. I was in the wedding, and uh, so thank you again for you know having me be a party a big day. You guys are the best. And uh, at the Ryan's bachelor party, I want to shout out his his boy from home, uh, Sean Ray, who great dude, man. You're the, you're the shit. And now we actually gained some uh, some listeners from that bachelor party. A bunch of like. The nice friends we made like all that they're they're listeners of us now so it's that's pretty cool so shout yeah. out trevor thank you all of you guys uh, <laughs> all the new listeners yeah 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 exactly um yeah shout out all you guys from ryan's bachelor party uh, uh specifically uh trevor and joe who are now uh, fans of ours but anyway uh sean at the bachelor party played uh, some tom Mish, and who mm-hmm. is like a, a a jazz guitarist and singer and uh really amazing and his song "South of the River," it's it's fun, it's upbeat, it's got a nice groove to it. Really fun track. Oh my god, you'll be you'll be bouncing and grooving to this mm-hmm. thing the whole time. I can confirm. We we, we usually it like run our tracks by each great. other before we go, and 
that's how it was. Great track. So that's my that's my my fourth track. So my last one is actually an older track from a group Atmosphere, uh, rapper Slug, and the song is "The Best Day." It's really hard to pick one of their songs because I feel like I love all of them or all of those like top hits that they had so much. But "The Best Day" I think is probably the one that I would suggest to anybody else the most. It's I don't know. It's it's kind of like old school rap. You can tell I can't. I don't think it was released in the late '90s. I believe it was the early 2000s. And I don't know. It's just a very nostalgic sounding song. I feel like that's the feeling that it kind of evokes out of me. The general theme of it is every day can't be the best day out there, but you got to keep kind of moving along to have another day to come forward that might end up being that best day. At least that's kind of the meaning I always take out of it. It's right there in the name. So. Awesome track, super upbeat beat, really great message. Love the way that Slug tells stories. That's kind of the thing he's known for. So definitely check this out. Atmosphere, the best day. Dive into their discography after. Cool. And my final track recommendation for tonight is going to be Marlowe's Gone Believer. Uh, Marlowe is a group which is comprised of Seattle-based hip-hop producer LaOrange and then North Carolina-based rapper uh, Salem Brigham, I believe is how it's pronounced. And, um, oh man. First of all, this album's incredible, okay? It was came out uh, last year, 2018. I slept on it a little bit. I didn't come around to it until early 2019, so it didn't mm-hmm. like show up on the list, but it, it probably would have been there, and Gone Believer would have been on last year's list for sure. And, dude, my God, the flows that Salem Brigham comes through with and the really cool sample-based production with like the really cool like short vocal that Lawrence uses is just beyond catchy to me. It I love those really, little clippy sounding type things. It is. And it sounds old school boom bapish. It's mm-hmm. really, really, really cool. And I can't wait to see what they do next if they come out with another project soon because they are phenomenal and they are so under like so underrated it's it's insane. Well I love that like that style too came from them literally having to like cut the tape to make like samples and things insane. like that so that's why it ends up sounding so like jumpy because it literally is it wasn't an exact science like all right let's make it yep there we go so i don't know i i agree with you man i i really love songs that kind of touch back on those older styles and feelings yeah i agree man i definitely do and that's it yeah that's all we got so great episode man absolutely always great getting back and yep, it's uh, always a blast talking about some shows that we've been to reliving them yeah and uh you know be on the lookout for our more con- uh, more content on the way from us coming really, really soon, guys. Follow us on Instagram at Turntable Teachers. If you still and use Facebook, go like us on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, all that good stuff. Thank you for listening, as always. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is dismissed. <laughs>